What's up, Survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast taking you on a ride. Thanks for riding with us. I am AJ. And I'm Johnny. And today we are doing, this is like our third Stephen King, because we've done, we've done Carrie, we've done The Mist, and pe- yeah, so this is our third Yo, Stephen King. Yesterday it was looking like The Mist outside, for real, for real. It, it had, no, for the last few days it's been looking like The Mist outside too much it was creepy you can barely you can't barely drive because like you try Mm -hmm. to drive you don't know if it's another car on the end like it's just take it away take it away Mm. so we're doing pet cemetery we are doing the original thanks to our good people over on patreon who picked this one if you guys want exclusive bonuses you get to pick some episodes that we do you get to pick some mini shows and things like that you can head over to our patreons where we have tiers as low as three dollars and we're actually going to start putting some little freebies on our patreon just so you can get a little taste if you got commitment issues because we get it we know how commitment is Look, I can't even say it with a straight face, but we know how commitment issues are. Trust, it's a Libra and Sagittarius in the room. We know. It's okay. Listen, because I am as flighty as they come. (laughs) This is the third movie in our lineup for the month of Return of the Sex. Each movie this month involves someone coming back from the dead, and the results may vary. If you haven't, our last two episodes we did, Tamara and Death Becomes Her, so check those episodes out. And next week, we'll be doing Jennifer's Body to wrap it all up. So, this movie is currently streaming on Netflix and Pluto. I was very shook when I saw this on Netflix. I said, (laughs) Alexa, play Pet Cemetery." And it popped up and it said, open on Netflix. Said, Netflix? Because I'm not going to hold you. Like, Netflix every now and then will come through. And I think, I don't know if I've ever seen Pet Cemetery on Netflix. It might have been there before. But usually I see Pet Cemetery on Prime. Usually. That's where I see it. Or um, I want to say I just seen it somewhere else but i'm not sure but it'll definitely be on prime but it's not on prime now so there you go if you haven't seen it yet definitely make sure you get into it because i'm letting you guys know after park recommendations i'm probably going to spoil the movie before we even get anywhere close to the ride so <laughs> there you go i mean because just because of the type of movie this is yeah. you can't talk about it without the spoilers so you know netflix pluto unless you got it you know with that being said, let's get into Park Recommendations. Park Recommendations for this week. Okay, so I had to do a little digging for this movie because I, hmm, and I did a little, I asked a few people, I was like, if you were watching Pet Cemetery and somebody said, Give me a movie that's similar to this one. Which one would you say? And this isn't my park recommendation, but Hereditary came up. And I was like, obviously can't use that one because um, we've covered it. But no, they do. They do go if you think about it because they deal with grief. So they do kind of, so they kind of do match. So I can't argue there. But what I came up with was 1988 and i'm pretty sure that's the right year i kind of like just pulled that you know how i'd be doing i'm pretty sure that's the right year but 1988 pumpkin head i don't know if you've seen that movie no i haven't seen it but i've heard of it 
I want to say I watched it right before we went to Vegas last year. And I can't remember. I might have watched that on the plane when I watched Elvira too, but I know it was right around the time that we went to Vegas when I seen it. But I remember you watching Elvira because you was laughing. I was cracking up. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do this every time. Every time you bring it up, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yes, definitely. If you like this movie or if you are looking for something similar, check that one out. And my next one, this one was a no brainer. I'm not, mm, some of y'all might beat me up, and it's okay. We can fight. Check out the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery. Now, what? I'm not saying it's great. That I'm not saying that. I'm just saying watch it, and you come up with your own opinions. That's all I'm saying. But I'm not like saying like it's a great remake. I'm not going up for it like I go up for Child's Play. Fight me. Mm. Survivors, if you have any park recommendations that fit today's ride, let us know on our Twitter. Okay, so look, the first time I seen this movie, it was 2019. Speaking of 2019, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I'm lying. I'm lying. It was before that. It was right before it. Once again, it was right before we moved. So it was 2018. And I was getting ready for audition season. I remember because AMC, for some reason, it wasn't October. But AMC was playing a whole bunch of Stephen King movies. Like, they was playing Pet Cemetery, They was playing Graveyard Shift. They was playing Cujo. Just a whole bunch of Stephen King movies. I don't know why, but it was like the whole week. And I was like, ooh, I've never seen Pet Cemetery, so now I can watch it. Watched it. I was like, oh, snap. Because I'm not, okay, y'all don't beat me up. But I really thought this was going to be about pets. What? Like, I thought, like, pets were going to come out the ground and, like, you know, like, because I did I'm, too. Like, I really lie. When I yeah. first, when I very first heard of this movie, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've known that that wasn't the case. But hearing the title, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. And that's kind of what like kept me away from the movie. But when I see the cover art, it would never be. Well, no, it would be the original one. I do remember seeing Pascal's face and then Church at the bottom. But you would see Church and then just like. The cemetery. So I'm like, okay, is this about animals coming to fuck people up? I kind of don't have any interest in this. Like, I don't care. Same. But I don't know what it was that made me want to watch it. I can't remember. But I didn't have a spoil for me, surprisingly. And when I watched it the first time, my mouth was on the ground. I see. I think what it was, was I heard that this was the movie that scared Stephen King. And I was like, this scared you? And I watched it. No, I'm not saying it's not like, you know, I get it now, but that's what piqued my interest. I was like, uh, let me watch this. Cause if this, Stephen, you sure? Okay. <laughs> so as we all know, this was my first watch. Um, I don't, I can't even say that it was spoiled for me or not. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if it was spoiled for me. Right. I just know that it wasn't about pets coming back from the dead. I don't know how I knew that. I just remember I know, knew that. And then everybody talks about Gage all the time. So I was like going in, well, clearly this has something to do with Gage. So, but <laughs> this is my first one. As I mentioned earlier, this is our third Stephen King. So this started off as a book in 1983. And this movie is directed by Mary Lambert. Now, before I go too far with her, let's throw our hands up, survivors, and praise God for Tabitha. Because Stephen King shelved this book, right? 
just like he did you know he threw away carrie he shelved this one when he wrote it he was like yeah no ain't no this is too much like steven you have to have a limit my guy and this is too fucking much <laughs> and like there is no limit the limit exactly. does not exist it's like dude have you seen the shit that you wrote <laughs> the limit does not exist like, but you know that makes that that makes the best thing you know when the limit doesn't exist mm-hmm, i agree so tabitha she's seen it she was like um no sir uh get your life get it together so he went and took it to a publisher so mary lambert video director like never this is the first movie she's done she's directed like whitney janet madonna videos and now you're doing a stephen king <laughs> girl this is almost like lee janet doing honeymoon and then getting a trilogy fear street like damn <laughs> and then at the time it was also a big deal because we've they've had female directors but this was a female director doing a horror movie and doing a stephen king horror movie at that you know so it was something right. special right but before we got that check this out so when it was decided that they wanted to do pet cemetery for like a movie stephen king wrote the script right and he rejected a lot of people that kind of wanted to do it but it wasn't happening because honestly it wasn't that many people that wanted to do it a lot of people was like i feel like the whole stephen king movie thing like ain't nobody thinking about stephen king movies no more like that's a phase it's over with now here's the thing george a romero I don't know if you remember him, but that's the guy who did the original Don't mm -hmm, Down of the Dead, Grandfather of the Zombies. Yes, his birthday just passed a few days ago. Mm -hmm. I saw, I saw, I saw. <laughs> so he originally was going to direct this. And when you think about it, because like we talked about in the first episode with Tamara when we were discussing the theme, Mm -hmm. technically coming back from the dead that's in the zombie realm that's right up his alley and right. i'm so curious what this movie would have looked like had it been george a romero but the only reason he didn't do it was because like i said nobody was trying to put the script out like george was like george and steve they besties <laughs> okay so they was like yeah like i got your back like when you ready let me know but because of the writer strike the wga strike you know in 1988 no writers so studios was like okay go into the vault get the scripts that's done let's look through these scripts blah 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 so there was uh an executive producer called lisa well not called her name is lisa duran hey yo that trend cracks me up because <laughs> not to be shady but you can tell who's had a bountiful career and who has not. Because some of them meet, <laughs> some of them be super short. And I just be like, nay, nay. They do my song. All the girls who have names that are often misspelled went up for that goddamn song. And I don't blame y'all. Yeah, yeah I don't name. blame you. That's you why y'all loved it. It was a song for y'all. And I get it. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. So yeah, since the writer, so since the writer strike happened, everything was on pause. They was looking for scripts. Lisa was trying to get Pet Cemetery out, but every time she would say it, they like, no girl, stop trying to make fetch happen. We not making fetch happen. Stop it. Finally, she just kept asking, and they finally did it. But by the time that happened, George wasn't available because he was shooting Monkey Shines, and that came out in 1988. 
by the time it was time for him to go for Pet Cemetery, they was like, oh, no, we got reshoots. You need to come back and do this. So they found Mary and here we go. But guess who could have directed this movie too? Tom Savini. I only say this because I wonder what the effects would have been like had Tom Savini did it, but... That's what I was thinking. I found out and I didn't know this. I knew this, but I guess I didn't realize it until it was said again when I did my research because I watched the... um, I can't call the full name right now, but I want to say it's Unearthed and Unburied. The Road to Pet Cemetery. There's a link down below if you guys want to watch the documentary, but I know I just jacked the title up. But do you remember David L. Anderson? Do you remember that name? It sounds familiar. Okay, so he also did the special effects for Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Remember we was talking about him? But you know, that's Heather Langenkamp's boo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... He did the effects, but this was a baby David. So he was still working with his daddy, Lance. So this was Lance's company. This was before David got on his own and blah, 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 blah. But he was dating Heather at the time. I don't think they was married yet. But yeah, so they did the effects. And the thing about it was they were nervous about Gage's effects. They wanted, because you know, well, okay. I guess I got to press the button. <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. So if you haven't seen Pet Cemetery yet, I advise you go. It's right there on Netflix. Like, that's the most accessible. I know y'all got somebody password. You ain't here right. from us, but I know you do. Go watch it. Come back. We're pressing the spoiler button in three, two, one. Okay, so Gage's effects when he comes back, mm-hmm. they were scared. They was like, I don't want to traumatize this kid. Like, you see how Pascal looks? You yeah. see how Rachel looked like. So they had the tools to do it, but they was just like, I do not want to fuck this kid. <laughs> and like, he got hit by a truck. Like, I can't, I don't want to make him look like that. So they just ultimately decided not to just, just put that little blue vein on his head and leave it like, there. <laughs> that was my whole thing. Like you, the baby got hit by a truck. Did you not see how mm-hmm. bloody them shoes were? Okay, <laughs> bloody shoes. Oh, is, is that the title of this episode? Did we find... This has been the first time in a minute that we found the title during the show. <laughs> I like that. People are people going to look at that and think we are assholes. But y'all click on did you episode. not see the shoes? That's the only thing that you saw was them bloody shoes. Like, I just knew that whole baby. Okay. Mm. I'm surprised they had an open casket. Listen, I'm just... On accident. <laughs> For our cast, we have we have Dale Midkiff as Lewis Creed, but they originally wanted Bruce Campbell. Do you know who that is? The name sounds familiar, but the face yeah. is not popping up in my head. Ash from the okay. Idiot. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like I'm like I know the name, but the face I'm not seeing mm-hmm. the face. No, you're getting better. No, you're getting better. You be calling people. Uh, so yeah, I know that Dale Midkiff got picked off his looks. Because Dale yeah. Midkiff in the 80s, because, girl, this is one scene in the movie. So, you know, the scene where um, Pascal wakes him up in the middle of the night and takes him through the pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. Girl, they originally shot that in just boxers. And they was like, this is this is too much. First of all, no, it wasn't. <laughs> we always got to see titties. While we, <laughs> why right. did you do that? <laughs> like, come on. They gave us the bathtub scene, though. 
So I, I guess that, but, but no, don't be taking stuff because that's how I felt in spoiler alert for Candyman, but it's not a real spoiler alert. That's how I felt when we watched Candyman. I felt like we got cheated out of a lot of Yaya shots. Like, yeah, we did. We like, we did. Yeah, you see nothing. 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 I was very upset. So if y'all wanted to know for um, Sugar Man, you don't see none of Yaya. Nope. Well, okay, you see some, but it's not what you want to see, but. <laughs> oh, so mad. Anyway, the amazing late Fred Gwynn as Judd Crandall. First of all, let's talk about him for a second. I didn't know this, and once again, until I watched the documentary, he had a kid that drowned at the age of 10. Aww. Right before he did this movie. Aww. So when you think about that, like he, him knowing the context of the script and having gone through that, that's wild. Cause he's one of the stronger actors in this movie, in my opinion. But just knowing like in the back of his head, he's probably using that in his character, but that's a lot to bury. Like not even, not bury. That's not the word I wanted to use, but that's just a lot to process. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mary fought for him. Mary fought for a lot of people in this cast, but they were trying to replace him. I can't remember with who, but she was like, no, I want him, like, make it work. They thought that he wasn't going to be, like, right for Judd because, you know, he plays in the monsters. So they was like, people going to laugh when That's they That's why he him. looks, like, so familiar. <laughs> I couldn't place his It just face. clicked for you? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's her, man. But they thought he was going to be too silly, and Mary was like, no. Trust me, like he's going to be fine. You got Denise Crosby as Rachel Creed, aka Tasha Yar from Star Trek for those people who watch that show, if you were trying to figure out where you knew her from. Then you have Miko Hughes as Gage Creed. Um, I'm just saying, uh, Miko follows us. Hey! I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he listen, but he follows us. So. You know, hey Miko, if you fire this <laughs> So this was his first role. He was a baby. This role was supposed Yo, to be played so by Twin. And he he so is adorable. so stinking cute. And that's exactly how he got this role. So this role is supposed to be meant for twins, because you know, child labor laws usually when they do movies with babies or kids, they use twins. And Mary was like, No, he can speak. Like you ask him to say anything, he says it. You ask him to do anything, he just does it multiple times and he's so stinking cute i was like yes mary you better fight for your actors because usually that don't happen like that but mm. so cute then you have blaze and Bo berdahl as ellie creed now the funny thing about these twins is this role was meant to play like it was supposed to be opposite of meat ghost so they was really just looking for one girl but they ended up finding twins for this role but what ended up happening is blaze if you look at the credits Blaze is credited as Ellie Creed and then Bo is Ellie Creed too. But I think it's because like Bo didn't really do too much. I think she did like one or two scenes cause she didn't really want to do it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like growing up and you learned that you was like in a movie and your parents be like, yeah, girl, you was acting weird. You didn't want to do it. So Sissy did it. Mm. <laughs> We have Brad Greenquist as Victor Pascal. Church played by seven different cats trained to perform individual things. So they had a cat that climbed up the tree. 
They had a cat that growled. They had a cat that jumped. The hardest thing in this whole movie, guess what the hardest thing was that they needed the cat to do? To eat food? Yes. To eat that damn pork chop. I figured that. (laughs) Because cats are very picky about their food. That's why I don't deal with cats. And it's not that I don't hate cats. It's just that, you know, I don't like them. mm. Um, no, I don't think I know. I don't think I would have a pet cat. I don't no. see myself. Mm-mm. I'm a dog girl all the way, but no shade. Andrew Hubasek as Zelda, obviously, at the time. This is an 18 year old boy. An 18 year old thin boy playing a sick girl. And it, cause they casted 13 year old girls, and they were just like, none of boy? them. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, I know, right? They cast it, well, not cast it, but when they were casting, they were scouting 13-year-old girls and, you know, the requirements that they have when they do certain roles. But they said all of them just looked so innocent and sweet. Like, no matter how thin they were, because, you know, when they do auditions, they'll say, like, if it's a certain role, you need to fit a certain criteria. Yeah. None of them fit it. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to have a boy play it, an 18-year-old boy. That's just super thin, jawline just sunken in, and we'll just like put makeup on them. The makeup, the makeup was wild. Six hours plus putting the makeup on. So that's the face and the spine. That's all makeup, like prosthetics, all of that. Then they did all of Zelda's scene just because it was so much to put the makeup on. All of Zelda's scenes were done in one day. And had to keep, and they said like, the, well, Andrew said that the makeup, like under it, like you just felt it like constricting. Like he just felt like it was becoming like a part of his face. It was like know. just hard to maneuver. I could imagine, like that's crazy. Guess how long it took to take that shit off? Even longer? Eight hours. Cause of the adhesive was like sticking to everything. Can't just, mm-hmm. It wasn't like Freddy's mask where he could just like rip pieces off and da 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 da. No, it wasn't like that. Last to round out our cast, we have Susan Blumert as Missy Dandridge. Okay, look, real quick. I know a lot of people say her part is irrelevant to the movie. And, you know, I can see, but I like to argue, but we'll do it later. During the documentary, during her part in the movie, when, you know, she analyzed herself, her sister was her sister was in the theater watching it right and her sister called her when she left and was telling her like what she thought about the movie she was like, i was in the theater and when your party came on and you was about to jump it was some kids that was like jump bitch <laughs> what <laughs> and it's so messed up because in 1989 <laughs> that now but in 89 oh my gosh oh i when i say i was on the floor cracking up because i was not expecting her to i'm thinking like she's gonna say the crowd was moved by my performance not no damn jump bitch oh no it's more messed up because when she's describing the scene she said that she kind of used a little bit of her own experience because her mom had passed away from sickness so even, and when you watch the scene, she's saying, um, I'm going home to mama. Like she's repeating it before she like jumps off. And she was like, I put so much into that scene and that happened. I was like, that's messed up. Ah. Last thing for the cast, many of the extras such as baby Rachel, the speeding truck driver, all that, 
We're just citizens of Maine. I can see that. Because Stephen King said that this has to be shot in Maine. You know, most, the majority, not all, of his works are placed in Maine. But he was like, yeah, no, this has to be filmed in Maine. And the house that they filmed it in are, is still there. Interesting. Does anyone live there? Yeah. So they had like most of the time when they do um when they get houses they just like talk to the people that live there they like pay them some sort of money or some sort of deal like don't be breaking shit or at least let us take our shit out and then you can do whatever and blah 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 or just like how we saw in donna the day and i feel like that's the third time we done mentioned go listen to that episode <laughs> write my numbers up <laughs> okay because look because ruin me is still number one and i'm just Confused. Those are both my movies. So run both my movies up. How, that? <laughs> How are you? Well, Dawn of the Dead isn't even in the top five anymore. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my. I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> who is who is running the numbers up? Cause y'all, do I need to get up in here? <laughs> but yeah. So when they were looking for the houses in Maine, they, you know, it was crazy because the Creed's house and Judd's house literally were across the street from each other in real life but judd's house is actually fake it's hella links down below y'all y'all know how i do when i do these deep dives <laughs> in my movies it'd be like twenty thousand links at the bottom i have a video that shows every single location that was shot in pet cemetery how it looks today versus how it looks then boom 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 there you go so judd's house they had a small house which was the actual house but the whole victorian style setup that's all fake they built it in oh, wow. front of the house and it's like pushed out. It's super cool. So like I said, you can see that down at the bottom. And Rachel's family's house that was supposed to be in Chicago is not in Chicago. It's actually in Bellevue, Maine. And they said that was the most Chicago looking house they could find, which I'm not gonna hold you. It, it does look like the Chicago house. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin, I got cousins that stay in East Chicago and all them pictures on the wall, just like that, random sizes, just cluttered and un- just, yeah, brown. <laughs> that's yes. what I'm about to do to this wall. Mm-hmm. No, see, that's like, no, your wall don't look like their wall. Their wall was OC, especially when Rachel started tripping out and it started like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what this wall got going to look like by the time I'm done with it. That's what this wall going to look like. I'll wrap this up by saying that Stephen King was on the set like damn near every day so this was actually the movie that he actually had a part in creating and writing but he wasn't the type that was just like no 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 he wasn't like no shade because we know i love little shady jeffrey but (laughs) he wasn't like jeffrey reddick that was like no i wrote this so what are you why are you doing this no no honey that's not it (laughs) but I just wanted to say, I know I mentioned earlier that this is the movie that scared Steven, but it's because it really did draw from his real life. His daughter had a cat named Smucky that actually got hit by a speeding truck. But then, to top it all off, one of his sons almost got creamed by a truck. Like, literally caught him at the last minute before it happened. And that's when he thought of writing. I got an interview down below of him, like, admitting this word for word admitting how he came up with this movie he was just like yeah like i just thought like that was the craziest thing thinking about losing my kids but also when my daughter lost her cat i was just thinking like damn i don't think i'm gonna tell her i think i'm gonna tell her the cat ran away or something i don't think i could tell her her cat died so he and tabitha talked about it and tabitha was like well i mean she gotta learn about death at some point so might as well be this and 
all of that turned into Pet Cemetery. And he was just like, I just think people, when they see it, they might view it one way, but if you have children, you're going to view it another way. And I can honestly say that. Because when I watched this movie, I did feel a way, but I know, like, once I have an actual crotch demon, it'll probably hit differently. What? Crotch Crotch fruit, crotch demon, spawn, angel baby, different words, you know? Crotch fruit. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> you know, that's just what you produce. Your no, produce. That doesn't. That doesn't. I'm sound, making it worse. <laughs> yeah, it does not sound good. Well, before I um get more out of line, let's get in line for the key. <laughs> you like how I did that? Okay. No. Okay. Okay. I'm so, all right. Let's go. Bye. <laughs> Step in line. Your number is near. Follow the signs. Your time is here. This week for the Q line, we're going to switch it up a little bit. So usually, you know, we play a little game. This week, we want you guys, especially if you're listening to Spotify, go down below where you can answer this question. And, you know, maybe we can read some of your answers on the show. So this week, we just want to know about a pet that you would bury in the pet cemetery. Now, remember, guys. There's a difference between the pet cemetery and the Micmac burial ground. We talking about the pet cemetery because one, ain't nobody burying nothing in the Micmac burial ground. We not doing that. We black. We just, no. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm, not at all. We're not doing that. So I will start first. I had a pet bunny, right? Now this bunny had a funny story, right? It wasn't like a bunny you get from the store. No, 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 no. This was a bunny me and my daddy just caught running around the block. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't ask. We caught it. And I think now that I'm older, I'm telling like the story from a four-year-old Ashley lens and an adult perspective now. So get the rabbit. I'm excited. We got a little uh, bag of iceberg lettuce. I'm feeding it. It's all cute. My dad has it in this cage. He's not letting me like hold it or anything because obviously it's a wild ass rabbit. But he's just like, you know, just like drop the lettuce in there. You can feed it. The next day I go to school. I come back. The rabbit is gone. I'm just like, um, where's my rabbit? I've been talking about this damn rabbit at school. I got a new pet. My parents tell me that they let the rabbit go because... It didn't belong to us and it missed his family. Wouldn't you want somebody to return you back to your family if they took you away? And I said, no. (laughs) I was very upset. But it came out that my dad had took the rabbit out the cage because he was going to try to wash it and see if he can, like, get it, like, you know, get shots and see if we can kind of, like, I guess, domesticate the rabbit. I don't know how that was going to work. But when he let the rabbit out... The rabbit ran away and they think it got hit. They're not sure. The rabbit might have like ran. It just dashed away and they just like. Never saw it. Yeah, they never seen it. But they heard a scream. Like our house is right next. Our house is like an alley connected. So people speed down the alley. But it's also a main street right there. So my dad said that when the rabbit ran away, he heard like a tire screech. So he don't know if it got hit or like, did it get avoided? Like, you know, so, you know, I say this to say I would put my little bunny in the pet cemetery because you didn't have to go out like that. Like, 
You could have just stayed around. I would have took good care of you. Um, for <laughs> me, <laughs> I am not putting an animal in the pet cemetery because that means that I would have to bury said animal and I don't touch dead things. So I'm going to do what we always do. And we call the people to come collect the animal once it's dead. And that's the end of that. I have to say this. I picked up my dead cat. Oh, my God. My, okay, so my... Wow, I didn't even think about that till now. My mom had a cat named Amy that was in the family since she was a little girl. I think I was 12, maybe. And at this point, Amy, like, was blind, couldn't hear. Like, Amy, Amy was on her way out, but she was fighting. Like, she was a null in this soldier. Amy would get out the yard, but Amy ended up getting hit. Literally on the road, I was just talking about with the bunny. This is, damn, is my life that's material? I hope not. Anyway, Amy got hit. And someone told us that our cat got hit. And I ran out in the street, because it was my mom's cat. I ran out in the street. Amy is bloody. And I picked the cat up and didn't think twice about it and carried the, it's blood all on me. I didn't think twice about it. I'm sitting here thinking about it, because you just say you don't pick up dead things. And I really did pick up this cat and brought it home to my dad. I was like, yeah, damn, I was wild, man. The extent of me touching anything that's dead, you already got to be in the casket and I may touch your hand or like fix a collar or something because I've done that to family members. Mm. But mm -mm, no, like when my guinea pig died, we were gone. Guinea pigs kind of like tell you when they about to die. They start squeaking weirder than nor their normal squeak. So we were gone all day at church. And then when we came back, she was dead in the cage. And my dad just called. Either he threw her outside or he called somebody to come get it. I don't know. And then my grandparents' la very last dog they had before they got this one, German Shepherd. And one day, Papa just came upstairs and I was staying there. He was like, yeah, Ty's dead. I'm like, what? They're like, Ty's dead. And then I was like, stop lying, Robert. So you run downstairs and look in the garage and he sure enough was laid there dead, had worms coming out his nose and shit. Ooh, oh no. Oh, so my no. right. So my grandfather called the city and then they came to go pick him up the next day. So yeah. <laughs> that, I don't we call in the peoples. We right. barbarian. Survivors, tell us your story time, your pet trauma tales down below or on Twitter or wherever you want it. You can hit us up on the DMs and IG. And if, you know, if we get some juicy ones, we will read them. If you want us to share with the other survivors, we sure will just let us know. But in the meantime, it is our time. Let's get into 1989's Pet Cemetery. What is this place? I brought you here to bury Allen's cat. Daddy, is church all right? Why, Judd? I have no reasons. He got hit by a car and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. Paramount Pictures presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. 
cemetery. Oh, trailer, trailer, trailer. I have to be honest. I thought I'd seen this trailer before, but I haven't. And now that I've seen it, oh, oh, I want, I got, I got arguments. I have arguments. First things first, I have to ask. You haven't seen the remake yet. No. Okay. So I'm not going to spoil it. But what I am going to do, I'm just going to say this right now. My patrons, we going to talk. So if you survivors want to be a part of this conversation, you want to know what the fuck I'm talking about. We got to go on Patreon because John, I don't want to spoil the movie for John A. But you can kind of get the gist of what I'm about to say with this. Not y'all spoiling the biggest part of the movie. Yeah. Now, if you know where I'm getting at, you know where I'm getting at. But I don't want to do that because Johnny ain't seen the 2019 one. But she could probably put shit together by what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, I just, it was a way to do this commercial without spoiling that. Because I seen this movie without knowing anything. So when it happens, I was completely shook. And once again, I feel like this differs from the Carrie trailer because with the Carrie trailer, you're seeing everything unfold. And then once the shit goes to shit, you like, well, damn, yeah, sis had a point. But with this, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. So it's not about pets. So we got that out the way. But now we know that this person is out. But I guess, I guess, honestly, Pet Cemetery is really about the journey of grief. So knowing that Gage dies isn't really... It's a spoiler, but it's not like, a, I guess it wasn't supposed to be the big, big, big thing. But when you think about it, it is the big, big, big thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the trailer was all over the place, but it served that too. Yeah, it is kind of, it does go <laughs> like, bloop, bloop. now we in this purchase market, it does kind of like bounce back and forth. But let's go right ahead and get into it. Remember, guys, I know a lot of y'all, y'all be telling us like, while we be talking, y'all be talking to us. We love when you like DM us and be like, oh, I agree with what John A said. Cause some, John A, you ain't Y'all be agreeing with me. Not in no, the wait a minute now. Hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you and Cody have the same cheese eating habits. So when you go on your rants to survivors, <laughs> okay. But yes, what I was saying was if there are any points, that you I'm, agree see, with yeah like let I'm us know like we love that agrees with me and how i eat cheese <laughs> <laughs> like we love stuff like that so definitely interact with us you can do it on our twitter in the dms on ig whatever we don't care do some you know you got it here we go the creed family lewis rachel and their children ellie and gage and their pet cat church moved from Chicago to rural Ludlow, Maine, after Lewis accepts a job as a physician with the University of Maine. Before they can even get in the door, they meet their neighbor, Judd Crandall, who later tells Lewis about the isolated pet cemetery in the forest behind the Creed's new home. Time out. Let's talk about this girl, Ellie. Girl, y'all ain't even been there five minutes and you wrecking shit already. Right? (laughs) And it was funny because when she was on the tire swing and she falls... The camera cuts to Miko and Miko just makes this face while she's screaming like, girl, <laughs> always trying to get some damn attention. And his little diaper, and them little thighs. You're just so cute, little cute baby. Oh my God, I can't help it. Y'all know how like, don't act like y'all don't get dumb when you see a cute baby and you know? just all your sins go out the window. Y'all know how it is. It's their defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Also, I have a problem. 
I'm not leaving my baby on the ground to go check on my other baby. We all going to go check on each other. <laughs> Why would you leave him there? Uh, there were a lot of parenting decisions that did not make sense in this movie. But again, I'm not a parent. So mm-hmm. who am I to say? But common sense. But then again, common sense ain't all that common. But well, on top of that, I do have to admit from my adventures in auntieing and babysitting, sometimes you do trust the kid because you're like, okay, well, I know my kid not going to run off. But still. But do you know your kid? Exactly. We in a because new place. If my kids are anything like me, I would ex- fully expect my child to run off because I run off. I would. My This would be my thing. We're in a brand new place. So like you said, I will fully expect my kid to. Ex- now, if we're in a familiar setting and I know my kid, like, okay, we in the basement. My kid is scared of the basement. They, they finna be right under me shadow. Okay, cool. I'm not about to pay attention. If we in a new place and it's all this newness around us, of course, my toddler is going to run. I know this. Just like you said, I agree. When I first watched this and we see Judd for the first time, I just knew he was evil. I was like, this nigga did it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that he was evil. I just thought that he was sketchy and that his house needed a power wash. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I have a funny story about that house and power washing, but we'll come back to. I don't know if you realize, but I'll just throw this out there now. In the book, and I'm not going to be one of those people that like, well, in the book, well, in the book, because one, I didn't even read the damn book, but I'm just so familiar that I damn near know the book. That's how I am with Fifty Shades of Grey. There's a Wendigo. So the Wendigo is this mythical creature. I'll show you guys a picture of it. I'll post a link or something. Wendigo basically is linked with the cause of like what the fuck is going on. Got mind control over these niggas be making them do shit. Boom, there you go. But it's not in the movie, obviously. But it is in the movie because I don't know if you can hear, but when Ellie is on a tire swing and you like, and she's looking out at the path, you can hear this sound. And you hear it throughout the movie a couple of times and I'll bring it up, but that's supposed to be the Wendigo. Last couple of things before we move on, we meet Missy, which is the maid. We find out that she look underworked and overworked and underpaid. Oh, baby. She just over it. I know she over it. Mm -hmm. I know she talks shit at every second she get and don't care who in front of her. Actually, we know this to be true. Yeah, I know this to be true because everything I'll be like, girl, (laughs) stop repeating shit. Damn. (laughs) Also, like that Rachel calls Lewis Doc. I don't know for sure. But Danny from The Shining, his nickname is Doc. So that's Stephen King. I don't know if they're correlated or not, but it could be. I just thought it was cute. The next day or something like that, Judd takes the Creed family to the pet cemetery. Now, remember before Judd and Lewis had a little one-on-one the first night they came in, late night, and Judd was telling Lewis about the pet cemetery. And you know, all the goings on was happening in the mythical things. Like Judd said before, it's covered in gravestones. Rachel isn't too happy about this whole situation and voices her opinion on how this isn't right. Judd says the kids have to learn about death at some point, but Rachel ain't trying to hear that noise. As Judd tells Ellie the gravesite is for remembrance, it leaves Ellie with hella questions that Lewis and Rachel have to answer later. Let's talk about Rachel's aversion to death because, I mean, I'm not gonna stunt. I got thantophobia too. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's the fear of death. Like my own demise, that fucking freaks me out. Um, Cause I don't know. I just don't know what the fuck happens. I don't care to talk about it, but I don't want to be like Rachel because I do agree with Judd that 
you got to learn about it. Like, at least I'm aware that this is going to happen. I'm not just freaking out at every curve like I used to, but this is a lot. As soon as she walks into the pet cemetery, she's just like, oh no, why the fuck did you bring me here? Girl, you knew where we was going. We said what it was. What did you think you was about to see? It got on my nerves this whole movie. Rachel? Yes. I did not care for her at all. So Lewis and Ellie, they have a conversation about church dying because, you know, she just got all this new info. Like we said, Ellie is a repeater and she is curious. So she's just like, so what's going to happen when church died, daddy? Like, what's up with that? And her dad basically just starts talking about like, you know, like, I don't think church is going to die, hon. Like, church might be here when you're in high school. I think we're going to be good. And even if, you know, I think everything will be okay. You know, he's trying his best to answer all of her questions, as he should. The following day, this is also, like I said, Ellie be repeating shit. I don't want church to get his nuts cut, daddy. I also like their reaction because they're just like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Girl, that's funny as hell. But what the fuck did you hear this? Missy Dan James. <laughs> But not her being disrespectful to God, though. I was like, he gonna snatch that cat. Look, God can get his own cat. Girl, you might want to um, pull back just a little bit, maybe. I don't know. But I do bring this part up because Rachel, well, don't shilly chalice, Lewis. Give the girl a promise. No, I don't blame him for being mad and not want to make promises. We don't make promises for things that are beyond our control. Exactly. That's a big thing to make him promise. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Nay. Like, no. That's why I was like, she got on my nerves this whole entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was she as annoying as Sarah from My Blade? I don't think nobody has talked to her yet. No. No. If you guys don't know screaming. about Sarah, go back to the original My Bloody Valentine episode. And there you go. <laughs> oh my God. Lewis encounters Victor Pascal, a jogger who was fatally injured after being hit by a truck. He calls Lewis by name, warning him about the pet cemetery before dying. That night, Pascal appears to Lewis as a ghost and leads him past the cemetery, warning him not to cross the barrier because the ground beyond is sour. Lewis awakens, assuming it was, you know, a fucked up dream, but notices his feet are covered in dirt. You know, that's a hell of a first day. I was thinking that too. Can you? <laughs> I every time I go to work, I'm still working in the pool, guys. And some shifts, I um, I'm either in the water or I'm out the water. When I'm in the water, I'm not too concerned. But if something happens, since I am certified, I've taken the oath that I do have to help in some capacity. But it's not 100% my responsibility, so I feel a bit better. When I'm a deck supervisor. I am praying to God that shit don't go left. Please don't let these little kids be running and bust their head. Don't let nobody go under this water and drown. Because I feel like all my training is going to go out the window. I'm not going to know what the fuck to do. And I passed the test. I didn't miss shit on the test. So I know what to do. But I just feel like... (laughs) I feel like as far as that goes lifeguarding and stuff i just feel like i'm not gonna know where the aed pads go i'm not gonna even know where the crash bag is i'm not i don't want to think about it i've had a nosebleed happen while i was a deck supervisor and i knew what to do and it was fine but anything else past that i don't want to see it okay (laughs) i just 
I pray every every time that I'm on deck that I'm just like, let these kids have some sense, Lord. Please just be with all of us. Thank you. And it's this like if you're a doctor at a college, they're not equipped to handle that shit. <laughs> like, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are like, well, he didn't even do nothing but flash a flashlight in his eye. What the fuck else was he supposed to do? And like, he's out of I'm college. Thinking- I'm thinking about Brooks Health Center at South Carolina State University. It's set up literally like a doctor's Mm -hmm. office or maybe a little bit more than that. So set up like an urgent care. So like you do have rooms and you do have like the little curtains just like they had, but they don't have equipment to handle someone with their brains showing. Leaking. Like, no. There's no IV drips. Mm-mm, There's none of none that. It will transfer you to Orangeburg Hospital. And he even says that. He literally says we have to call a transfer. So I'm glad you the picked that they up. Can do, that's what I'm saying. The most that he can do is provide a prescription. I can look down your throat. I can maybe check you out for a pap smear. Like, you know, your normal doctor's office things. Mm-hmm. But not brains leaking on a table. <laughs> not at all. He he literally <laughs> did what he could do. I do want to talk about this little dream for a second. So Pascal says the soil of a man's heart is stonier. What he's actually telling him is um, a man grows what he can and tends to it. So basically, he's saying that a man's heart is harder to penetrate with love and emotion but also how tough a man's heart is. So, because I feel like obviously that phrase runs with Lewis a lot through this movie because he had a lot of hard decisions that he got to make. Mm-hmm. Especially because he's a doctor. So being a doctor or a physician, his first main concern is to intervene and help in some type of way. But now when you think about the movie, the battle is he can't let those inhibitions like take over. So if something happens, he has to like, as far as death goes, because Ellie's like, you know, God could take it back if he wanted to. I'm surprised she ain't be like, daddy, you a doctor. You can't do nothing about this. That don't work that way. That's a lot of pressure when you think about it. I mean, you know, kids just be asking all types of fucking questions. They don't know. Or do they? Anyway, during Thanksgiving, the family is gone because check this out. Rachel's family, they don't like Lewis. It's a whole thing. We'll get into it later. Judd calls Lewis, letting him know that church was run down on the highway, realizing Ellie will be devastated. Judd takes Lewis beyond the pet cemetery, deep into the woods, where they reach the Micmac burial ground. And hours later, after they bit, well, he makes Lewis bury him because you got to bury your own. Hours later, once they return, Judd instructs Lewis to not tell anyone about what they have done. He even repeats what Pascal says to Lewis, damn near word for word, giving him chills. I had hella suspicions about Judd right when the cat got hit. Because first of all, I didn't think the cat really got hit. Was it the way that they zoomed up on him? Because he just standing there in that winter coat, just standing there, and then the camera just zooms up on him. I was like, nigga, did you do this? That's what I'm saying. Like, I thought that he killed the cat because it didn't look like the cat got hit. Mm-hmm. And if the cat was hit, wouldn't the cat still be in the road? I think he picked him up. Or I don't know. I don't know why he brought him over there. But I can say this because I had the same sentiments as you. Because I was thinking, like I said, from Jump, every time you see Judd, they give him these interesting close-ups and zooms like that. So it's like this looming presence. And he's already like over six feet tall as hell you know 
But really what it is, it's the Micmac burial ground that's like, it has a hold on him. So it's making him, and he admits it later. He's like, I was, I was in a trance. I don't know why I showed you that area. I knew what happens here and I did it anyway. It was, I couldn't stop myself, but yeah. So basically that's what it is. That's because a lot of people was like, well, nigga, if you knew that was going to happen, why you take him there? He ain't had no control. That's why. And then if I ended up waking up with dirty feet <laughs> and you saying the same thing is that a crazy nigga in my dream who died, who died in front of me said, I might listen to the dead nigga. Because it's too many coincidences. You were literally told twice. Pascal said, don't make me tell you twice. And Pascal, Pascal said, what? Don't. And what did you do? Isn't that a meme? <laughs> Bryson Stiller said, don't. And y'all still do? Y'all still do? I should make one with Pascal. <laughs> Pascal said, don't. Look at you, Lewis. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> we also hear the Wendigo again. First of all, Judd is sturdy. They said, like, in real life, Judd was really climbing. Was 30? Sturdy. Not 30. Oh, I was like, huh? No, 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 no. This, you about to say, well, how old was everybody else? Like, wait a minute. No, no. How he looked like that at 30? Well, no, his hair. Now, his hair actually was jet black. They had to keep dyeing it white. That's fine. But I'm saying his face ain't look. No, 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 no. Not the face. Not the face. No, 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 no. I said sturdy. But no, he was really climbing that path. So that path is real. Once again, y'all can see the link down below. He was really climbing it. No help, no nothing. That was all him. I'm like, oh. Are the little formations and shit out there for real? For mm-hmm. Everything is still there. Well, see, that the they built it. So it's not real Micmac burial ground. The pet cemetery is not that one, but there is a real pet cemetery. So remember I mentioned earlier that Stephen King, his house actually had a pet cemetery behind it. And Smucky is in it. So yeah, that that's real, but the location down below is built. Your face, you do not be with the shits. <laughs> I don't. I do not <laughs> like anything that has to do with like supernatural stuff and it being based in reality. Mm-hmm. I don't be with it. So I can go to like the camp was it camp no be so i can never say the name okay. up in new mm-hmm. jersey i can go up there and do the whole friday the 13th tour because it's a crazy mother it's not like no supernatural elements uh, that had any play jason gets supernatural towards Midwest. i'm talking about the original okay yeah the original and at the camp nothing really happened at the camp for real for real mm-hmm. so it's like i can deal with that but when you start talking about like haunted houses and y'all using like real like i have never been to the steps in dc why because that's creepy yeah i wouldn't go there either i actually i would i just wouldn't go near the stairs i've driven past it yeah and my mom was like look there's the stairs and i was like (laughs) but i'm not about to be all up (laughs) no i don't be with the shit at all last thing i want to bring up before we jump back into it here's a scene where once they come back and Judd is like, don't tell what we did. Don't go snitching. He misses a phone call and he picks up and calls back and he's talking to Ellie. I want to address this really quick. So he's talking to Ellie. Mind you, he just buried her cat. The cat is dead. 
Ellie instantly asks about church. And I think she even says she had a dream that church got hit. Mm -hmm. And Lewis is just like shook, silent. So now Gage gets on the phone and Gage is like, I love you, daddy. And get in, excuse me, Lewis isn't saying anything like Lewis is just quiet. Now, I know a lot of people are like, you dick, say something. Why you ain't say nothing to Gage? I think people are missing what happened. This dude just buried his daughter's cat and had to sit there and tell that bold-faced ass lie to his daughter after she just said to him, I had a dream my cat died. Is my cat okay? And that you buried the cat. Mm -hmm. Like like you and -and so-and-so went and buried the cat. Yeah, so she literally just called you out. Because here's the thing. We just gonna throw this out here right now. Ellie has the shiny. So if you've seen the shiny movie and you're familiar with that, she got the same thing that Danny Lloyd got. Mary Lambert says she doesn't know if she specifically did a good job of expressing that in the movie, but that's what that's supposed to be. So every time you hear Ellie saying, this is going to happen and da, 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 she's shining. She's psychic. So boom, there's that. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, she get, I, I, I wrote, I was like, Ellie getting on my nerves, but her dreams be sounding like mine. Prophetic. Okay. I'm glad you said that because she got on my nerves too. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, like, I know she's a kid actress and we're not supposed to go in on the babies, but I was just like, girl, like, whew, this whining, it got to stop. <laughs> but yeah, y'all, I just want y'all to understand, like, I don't think he was ignoring Gage. I think he was just the fuck shook from what just happened because that's a lot to process. <laughs> he probably ain't yeah. even hear Gage saying, I love I you. I felt bad because Gage was like, daddy, I love you. I know, you. that little cute little oh. voice. The next day, the reanimated church returns to the house. He now stinks, moves, just, ooh, he just, he is, it's not good. And it's feisty. He got all the smoke for Lewis, okay? You thought he had smoke before? Bitch, it's on sight. (laughs) Judd explains that as a boy, he revived his pet dog, Spot. And although the cat might be different, it will save Ellie from the grief of losing her pet. Lewis asks Judd if a person was ever buried up there and Judd damn near loses his shit and is like, no, why? Why? No. I'd lose my shit too because you playing with fire. Hmm. Well, (laughs) speaking of, we get a flashback, right, of Judd's little dog. And this is where I brought up the house. So Judd has been in this house all his life, right? Grew up in this house, Mm -hmm. is still in this house. And you see that the house is clean in the flashback, right? When they filmed the movie, they started with the house dirty. And Mary Lambert was like, oh, we never filmed the uh, flashback. We have to clean the house. Well, let's shoot it tomorrow. Boom. So the crew was like, damn, we got to clean this house tomorrow it made me think of this meme <laughs> i gotta figure out how to get this money by tomorrow huh <laughs> i gotta figure out huh <laughs> okay but no for real so yeah they had to clean the house about tomorrow and they power washed and cleaned and just did all that for mary to only tape a corner of the goddamn house when you see the flashback only a corner of the house is in it do you know how <laughs> they were so pissed and then had to dirty it back up for the rest of the movie they were so mad. No, I'd been like, can we wait until right? Just wait till. Well, no, because they set it on fire, so they couldn't. Oh yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that later too. The little boy who plays Baby Judd, God bless his heart. 
So when he walks out, he's supposed to say spot. He kept saying Judd, which is his character's name. They say he did it like a good eight, nine times before they had to just stop and be like, look, please get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Also, before we move on, there's a scene that we was talking about earlier where we actually do see Dale Mitkiff with his shirt off and he gets in the tub. I would lose my shit if my character... Not only did Church throw the rat into the tub, when Lewis threw the rat out the tub, he stepped on it later. I just, my soul would have left my body. Mm-hmm. I would have been right on the floor next to the rat. This disgusting. No. Rat was dead, bloody at that. Like, and it been like that for a minute because it was heavy. Because when it landed, it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> Denise and the children return from Chicago with Ellie telling Lewis about a dream she had about church getting hit. Hold on, wait, because we mentioned it. Oh, wait, did she say it again? I think she did. Okay. Denise and the children return from Chicago with Ellie reminding Lewis about the dream that she had about church getting hit, assuring her nothing is wrong. They go home, but Ellie notices that church smells awful. Meanwhile, Missy writes a letter about her final moments before unaliving herself. So, you know, we can get a Stephen King cameo because he's the priest at her funeral. And so Ellie can ask her dad what happens after humans die. Now, remember earlier we saw Rachel has issues with death, but later Rachel addresses the situation, admitting that she's just afraid and knowingly defensive about death. This is when we learn about her sister Zelda. So time out real quick. I did like the conversation that Lewis had with Ellie because he does. He's like, you know, a lot of people believe in a lot of different things. It just depends on what you want to believe happens when you die and you can believe in that. And I think that's a fair and decent answer for a kid. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like you, as Rachel would say, you're not shilly shallying, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's an honest answer. Like, if you want to believe nothing happens, then there's that. If you want to believe in reincarnation there's that if you want to believe you go to the prettiest place that you could think of there's that i don't have a problem with that but rachel soon as right ellie didn't even finish answering the question and rachel was on 10 tears was already falling down her face i'm like girl i don't like her <laughs> so back to zelda Zelda was Rachel's older sister who suffered from spinal meningitis. Rachel was left alone to feed and care for Zelda, but Zelda started to choke. Rachel, unaware of what to do because, I mean, she was fucking eight at the time, she she didn't know what to do. She just ran out the house screaming, but the scream started to turn into laughter as the burden that was known as Zelda was lifted. This whole scene, a lot of people... I would say a lot of Gen X, early millennials, they say when they seen this movie when they was kids, it really effed them up. And I can see how, because Zelda is unsettling. I'm not going to hold you. I was saying her like, so is that an over-exaggerated caricature of the sister? That's her. And I mean, you know, like once you get sick in that way, they wanted her to be frail. So, you know. Yes, but like it really was horror movie ish mm-hmm. versus like someone that's actually sick. Like the back and stuff, yes. The face, that's what it was for me. The face. Yeah. And I mean, like, think about it. Like, 
if I got super skinny and you've seen me like real skinny, you see how I'm like my, like you see all of my, and you know, I got high cheekbones. You see all of that. Like it looks, <laughs> I mean, I pulled down my eyelids though, but yeah, no, it, it, you know, I can imagine like think of Deborah Logan, how her face was like, that was makeup. Just think of how her face was looking when they was depicting how she looked sick. Like it, mm, it gets crazy. She ain't look like that. Well, I mean, also that's a man too. So we gotta, you know, true. that's what they wanted. <laughs> Cause it wasn't gonna, if it was if it was a female, it wasn't gonna work like that because our features are so delicate. But with a man, you know, you would have to get a female that has like immaculate bone structure and that's the end. Still creepy. A few days later, the family is out enjoying a picnic with Judd. While flying a kite, everyone is distracted by Ellie's potty mouth, Jesus, as Gage wanders into the street and is killed by a speeding Orenco truck along the same highway as church. This scene is too effing much. And it's like, once again, I know I keep saying this and y'all tired of me, but every time I watch it, it's just like Carrie that I'm just like, why didn't you pick the baby up? As soon as the little kite thing dropped out of his hand, like, why didn't you just go get it? Like, what the, what was happening? And Lewis was so close to catching him, but he tripped. And I just know that he was just like, oh, his little shoe. Bloody shoes. Mm. So sad. And it's, it's crazy because I knew, like, even though I didn't really know, but the way the movie was going, I knew that Gage was going to die. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, damn. He was so cute. I know. I <sighs> I can't, I cannot deal. So a little bit later, Judd also has a conversation with Ellie because right as it happens, you know, and I think they do a decent job of like just showing how impactful this was because you see all those cute little pictures of Gage with the family. I thought they did that pretty well too. You know, usually I be on people's heads about photos and horror movies because it's like, I can tell y'all just took this. But I like that they had a younger baby and a younger little girl taking pictures with uh, Dale Midkiff and Denise. So it looked like they actually had these babies. That was smart to do. So Judd has this little conversation with Ellie. Ellie is obviously, Ellie just, she doesn't know about church, right? Missy just happened and Gage just happened, right? And I didn't even mention that Rachel didn't even go to Missy's funeral because she was throwing up the whole time. She couldn't even take it. So just imagine, we don't even see her in this scene. Like Ellie was like, I can't sleep in a room with mommy because it's just too much. She's still in covers and shit. Like it's, it's down bad. So she's carrying this picture of her and Gage in a wagon and judge it, judge. And Judd is just like, you know, like, I know you miss your brother trying to comfort her. And Ellie's like, yeah, I'm just going to hold this picture until God brings Gage back because he can do that. And Judd is like, yeah, no, sis, it don't work like that. And Ellie's like, bitch, um, yeah, dude, my daddy just said I could believe in that. But see, like, how do you have that conversation, you know? Mm. But that's, you just got to, you just got to tell people. You just got to tell people, like, they dead. They're not coming back. Yeah, but like how Lion do King. you get a child to understand that? Like Lion your little King. brother is like this Lion King. I mean, I'm a, I'm obviously I got it tatted on me. I'm for that. But it's I don't know. 
I mean, I guess we did a good job with that. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. I would show Lion King and be like, remember how Simba lost his daddy and he ain't come back? Well, I always tell people when somebody passes, you have a new star in the sky to follow you. I mean, not to follow you, to guide you. And basically, that's Lion King because, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's just, yep, we're just going to put that in. showing kids Lion King. <laughs> it's, better, it's better than showing them my girl. Now that was a sad. That, ooh, when I've se- I don't know why my mother ever showed me that. Why did I see that for the first time? Went to my mom. I was crying. I think she walked in. She was like, "Girl, why are you?" I'm like, "Thomas J needed his glasses, girl." Mm, okay, let's get back to it. Gage's funeral shit show. Erin, and I'm saying your name like that, Erwin. What the fuck? Why would you do that? I know you don't like Lewis, but can you? We got some decorum around these parts, okay? I'm mad at the friend because how are you going to tell me to get a hold of myself when this dirty ass motherfucker to sit here and punch me at my baby funeral and then have the nerve to fall over the casket and almost damn near knock my son on the floor? No, he needed to get beat the fuck up and you need to go sit your ass down because you don't need to tell me that I need to have some respect because it's my son's funeral. No, that motherfucker needs to have some respect because he came up in my face talking shit. No, I couldn't have said that better myself. And with that being said, <laughs> because that really made me mad that made me so mad no it upset me because i'm like and then and then you gonna call me a son of a bitch her crying pissed me off her Her crying really did piss me off i did not like her crying in this scene but i was just like erwin called him a son of a bitch he was like you son of a bitch you have no right who you just caused all this pandemonium at my little sweet baby angel's funeral. Are you kidding Knocked me? Knocked over the damn casket. Are you kidding? No, mm, no, 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 no. Also, before we move on, just another episode of Church Won't the Smoke. That part when Lewis takes Ellie to bed and then he goes to check on Rachel, she's just, you know, she, first of all, she's been drugged up forever. It's her in the lingerie, though. <laughs> I'm like, she is drugged up, but she looks cute in her little lingerie. I know how I be having nights like that too, sis. I get it. You just don't want to feel nothing, but you want to feel sexy. I feel it. I know. (laughs) But (laughs) Church is laying on Rachel's stomach and, you know, his eyes are doing a little reflecty shit, which was cool how they did that. They did that all naturally. They just shined a light every time they just had the cat on screen. Yeah, but church went straight for the face. Like you get one time to scratch my face, Johnny. You know how I am about my face. If I ever got into a fight, that's the one thing. Do not touch my face. Do not pull my hair, cause bitch, it's a wrap. Church, you would have been gone from that scratch on my face. No, absolutely not. I do like the progression of this film. So, you know, like in the very beginning, when they first move in, we see Ellie go to bed and she literally doesn't have a bed. She's just like on the floor. But throughout the movie, you see the house get more full, like cardboard boxes are gone. They're starting to like actually live in a home. You can see that like time is passing. Mm -hmm. It's something you don't really notice unless you're like looking for it. But I do like how like it's just subtle. It's not like overdone. But anyway, Judd anticipates that Lewis is considering burying his son in the Micmac burial ground. Although um, Lewis is like, uh, I wasn't thinking it. It's like that uh, TikTok. 
I wasn't thinking about it. I did it. <laughs> he was thinking about it. He was. Judd believes that the malevolent forces urged him to introduce Lewis to the burial ground and ultimately caused Gage's death. He tells him a story of a local named Bill Baderman who buried his son, Timmy Baderman, in the Micmac burial ground after he was killed in the World War II. Timmy returned as a just off the wall, just oof, zombie, Ter- Animal. Yes, terrifying the town folk. A group of men, including Judd, tried destroying Timmy by lighting the Baderman house on fire, only to find out that Bill was inside and he perished with his son. Judd insists that the burial ground is evil and Lewis must not bury Gage there. Shit, I don't blame Timmy because Timmy was like, I don't want to be here and you brought me back. Ain't nobody told you to bring me back. So let me tell you this. And like I said, he said, I hate living. I hate living. (laughs) He said, I want to be dead again. I stink. I'm eating human flesh. Send me back. Mm -hmm. One thing that they didn't do in the movie that happens in the book when the dead and spoiler for the book if you want to read it but it doesn't matter when the dead come back they know everything they got that payment shit they know everything about everything so when the dead come back they're spilling the tea honey like they like yeah yo bitch was sleeping with him but they didn't do it in this movie but i'm just saying i love a petty moment and i think i would so that's exactly that. what's the gonna be doing who that's what Tamara did. When she came back, she knew everything. everything. Okay. <laughs> no bones in the closet. After the funeral, Rachel and Ellie leave for Chicago while Lewis remains home to uh, take care of some loose ends. Hint, hint. Ellie begs for her dad to come along, sensing that something is off. But despite her, Pascal, because Pascal comes back, and Judd's warnings, Lewis exhumes his son's body and buries him in the Micmac burial ground. First of all, time out. Erwin, don't be trying to fucking apologize to me. Yeah, you could have shoved that apology up your ass. I do like. And kept it. Lewis was like, we all lost our minds. Because Lewis was right. Because he was like, yeah, I'm about to go dig up my kid. So you're right. It's about to get out of hand. Just keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) And oh. The moment when he does dig up Gage and he's just holding him, I'm like, yeah, this dude lost it. That's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's been a few days. The baby probably stinks. Starts some decaying. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, Pascal appears to Ellie in a dream and warns her that Lewis is about to do something terrible. Rachel is... Rachel is just unnerved by her daughter's dream, but can only reach Judd when she tries to reach Lewis, who tells her, you know, Lewis ain't home, but, you know, if he comes around, I'll holla. She decides immediately to return to Maine, instantly prompting Judd to be on high alert. Rachel, your mama annoying. He probably just went out for a hamburger or a chicken dinner. Girl, this late. But I, okay, you know what? I can't stunt because I we I definitely be down for a late night Wawa trip. But still, this is the part where um Ellie's acting gets me the most. Before his soul did, did uh, I can't remember. I'm like, girl, oh my gosh, what the fuck? Apparently, up. I don't know what scene it was, but one of the scenes she wasn't sad enough, and Mary Lambert was like. Think of the saddest thing that ever happened to you and just be sad, girl. She still ain't do it. So Mary Lambert was like, hey, yo, 
I will give you more money if you can just be sad, please. And she did it. Girl, that's all you had to say in the first place. Why you didn't say that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Rachel, in the midst of her madness, because you know she's going fucking nuts, sees an apparition of her sister warning that she and Gage are coming for her. But this all turns out to be a dream as Rachel is just at this point rushing back home with the help of the angel Pascal. First of all, this dream. So let me let me do this because I know a lot of people just be like, what the fuck is this? So when the dream first starts, you see all the pictures in the Chicago home are just all over the fucking place. They're just disheveled, right? The only picture that isn't touched is that one painting that has like the little baby in it with the blue dress, the top hat and the um, cat. So we know that this is Zelda in church, right? Keep that in mind. Boom. You know who that is. Denise, not Denise, Rachel walks into her room. You see Zelda and Zelda's just sitting right there. And you're just like, um, what is happening? What is going on? Bitch, no. And see, this is why Rachel be a wreck all the time. She probably be seeing Zelda every fucking day of her life. Yeah. Still like her. Also like that Pascal was just like hypnotizing everybody. <laughs> I can't remember it word for word, but I know when she tries to get on the airplane, the flight attendant is trying to close the door. He's like, don't do that, He's baby. Like- yeah, he was like, babe, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that, babe. I was like, what? <laughs> what about the Aries K? <laughs> I have an Aries K, but it has a scratch on it. Girl, fuck that scratch. You know it's a scratch, so just write that it got a scratch so they don't say nothing when I return it. Anyway. That was a big-ass scratch. Girl. That wasn't even a scratch. That was like someone keyed the mm-hmm. car. Better yet, it looked like it got damaged from the tires in the Grease movie. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that night, a reanimated Gage returns home and steals a scalpel from his father's bag. He hunts Judd before slashing his Achilles tendon and his mouth before biting his throat, killing him. Rachel returns home and is lured into Judd's house by the voice inspector of her dead sister, Zelda, only to realize that it's not Zelda. It's actually Gage holding a scalpel. In shock and disbelief, Rachel reaches down to hug her son before he kills her. Okay, time out. Because Judd walking around that house, Gage, I brought you something. And he takes out the house like, well, damn, not you got any heat for the kid. I mean, he already did. It was a pocket knife, so it's not he, but still got the steel for him. Say, he already did. He already know what happens when they come back out that cemetery. This is true. This is called being smart. <laughs> so, but what he didn't expect was because he that small, they don't come for the ankles. Because see, this is the thing. He got tag team because church came out of nowhere. Church, why are you at Judd's house? Why are you here? Church came out of nowhere and distracted Judd. And Judd was like, what the fuck? Why is you here? And that's how... Yeah, uh, that's how Gage slipped him for the okie doke. That's how all that. I'm like, damn, this did not have to happen like this. So you know when they used a the little uh dummy to like bite down on his neck. She was weird. Yeah, because at first when you first see it, it's Gage doing it, and they actually yeah. trained him to do it. So they said like, you know how you like play fight with little kids? They'd be like, okay, let's fight. Like, they would do that with Gage. They'd be like, okay, let's play fight. But they would teach him to, like, bite his neck. So when they did it in the scene, 
you know, Judd had to like react to it. And when he started reacting to it, he never did that when they would like play the game. And it really scared Miko. And they like had to stop filming for a little bit because he wouldn't stop crying. I was like, oh, <laughs> they said, yeah, that's when they knew like, okay, yeah, that's, we can't be doing too much. Like, you know, we thought he was going to be cool, but that ain't good now. So this is the part where also we see Gage in a little blue dress in the top hat. And Rachel was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I just saw Zelda announcing Gage. What the fuck is happening? Basically, when she saw Zelda, like I said, it was Gage. He morphed. Gage is wearing what Zelda has on in the picture. Boom. There you go. Church. Ace Boom Coon right there. There you go. Also don't like how Gage going to steal Judd's line. I bought you something, mommy. Get your own line, kid. Thank you. <laughs> Waking up from his sleep, dang near, when he fell off of the bed and knocked his head into the counter, that... I'm just trying to figure out how you grabbed everything else but your head. Did not react to it at all. I'm like, Nick, I know he did that for real. That was not a stunt. Like he grabbed everything but his head. I would have been like that. <laughs> Lewis notices Gage's muddy footprints in the house and discovers his scalpel is missing. Receiving a phone call from Gage that he has quote unquote played with Judd and Mommy and now wants to play with you. I like when he says it like that. <laughs> He fills three syringes with morphine and heads over to Judd's house. Time out, because his face, he was like, see, no. Because so many people say, like, they think Dale Midkiff's acting is terrible in this movie. I don't think so. I just think he's one of those, like, very chill people. And it's not until he literally is just pushed that he becomes, like, unnerved and more, like, into it. But even then, like, if have you ever seen a chill person get mad? They still be really chill. They just like get a little louder. That's it. Nah, I've seen a chill person get mad before. And I'm like, okay, you're a totally different person. And I don't know who you are right now, but I don't like this. Right, like, yeah, but it's still just like, you still see them, but it's not just like whole 180, you know? I've seen 180s. It's quite scary. Facing the first boss, church. He kills the cat with an injection before entering the house. Okay, this fake ass cat. Because <laughs> it was like all the other cats look good except for the one that was stuck like this when he stuck it in the ass with that syringe and the arms was just stuck like this. Like, I just wish it would have moved, like tried to fight back just a little bit. That's all. That's all. The final boss, Gage, taunts him as soon as he steps a foot in Judd's house. Soon as he gets in there, the whole house is just decayed. Like, it's just gone to shit. And Lewis is like, what is happening? I know this house. I ain't been gone that long. It's literally been a <laughs> Why did this look like this? He's looking around. He sees Rachel's shoe and goes over there. And as soon as he picks it up, everything goes back to normal. And Gage is like, scared you, didn't I? That was good, daddy. <laughs> you got to admit, that was good. That I did a good job. Okay, let's play. <laughs> Once Lewis gets upstairs, oh my God, Gage, Gage took playtime to a new level because he just drops Rachel's dangling body from the attic and then just drops his little flying doll body from the attic just to attack Lewis. This doll. That 
doll was some shit. That doll was terrible. Okay. Because one, okay, so no, when you see the doll in the documentary, it was smaller than Miko. I think that yes. was the one mistake. It needed to be a little bit bigger and it probably would have helped if the limbs weren't stiff. That too. Like it probably would have helped if it had limber limbs because it literally was just like... <laughs> I know you guys can't see me, but I'm just standing like super stiff, like a nutcracker. Like that's all. <laughs> like that, uh, that meme of Summer Walker. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> After a brief battle, Lewis overpowers Gage and injects him with the morphine syringe, killing him again. He then lights Judd's house on fire, leaving it to burn as he carries Rachel's body from the fire. Pascal appears one final time, warning Lewis not to make it worse. But grief-stricken, Lewis believes that because Rachel had only been dead for a few hours, not as long as Gage was, burying her, quote-unquote, will work this time. Pascal... This motherfucker don't learn. Pascal, and Pascal's like, nigga, dude, I just... Do you not see this fucking burning house behind us? Like, come on. As Lewis just walks right through him, taking Rachel past the pet cemetery. Time out. Gage, I am so sorry, baby. His little eyes, when they got all big and started watering up, I was just like, oh, not fair. But when he fell and knocked his head, I was like, ooh. Ooh. My bad, baby. Even though that wasn't him, it was a dog, but still, it, it looked real good. Like, however they did that, it looked really, really good because I was convinced. That night, or maybe a few days later, Rachel returns to Lewis and the couple embrace. And Ra- nah, that was the same night because the fire department still ain't come, and I was confused. Like, what oh, type wait, of town it is Because you do, you're right, you're right. The house is still mm-hmm, burning. It is, so you do see it still burning. <laughs> Rachel takes a large knife off the table. Listen in the air. The screen cuts to black, and all we do is hear Lewis scream. Oh my God. First of all, I just how can he kiss that? He he is gone. He gone, girl. And that's, that's like you see how disgusting Rachel. How and can Peter he kiss look. that? Just imagine what they could have done to Gage. Like they could have, but I get why they didn't. And I respect them for not doing it. But I do want to point out when um Lewis is playing cards by himself. He pulls out a king, a queen, and a two. And I feel like that was supposed to represent Judd, Rachel, and Gage. Don't ask me why. I just feel like that was supposed to be like that. But there were some alternate endings. Not alternate endings. He deserved to die. But they had other endings here, right? So Stephen King wrote this one. Rachel was supposed to come home, find Lewis, and then the phone rings, and it's Ellie calling, you know, trying to see what's going on. Rachel answers, assuring Ellie that everything is okay, and then gives like a slow little smile as ooze just falls out her eye. And then it's supposed to be like a freeze frame. And the movie was going in like that. I kind of like that. It's kind of fucked. Then another one was supposed to be Rachel comes home, finds Lewis, put her dirty hands on his shoulder screen, goes black, and no screen. Nope, he does scream, and that's it. I don't like that. Is there any other one? The one we got. Nope, just those three. That's it. Oh, well, then I like the one that they had. I do like the one that they have. But I also, something about Ellie calling and her mom answering and Ellie not knowing, even though she knows, is scary. You know what I mean? Like, she know her mama did. Like, she had a dream about it. 
but her mom's talking to her on the phone so her mom's not dead but she is bitch she just came so it's like oh jesus huh last thing mary lambert wanted a sequel that followed ellie but the studio was like we don't want female protagonists no and we got pet cemetery too that has nothing to do with shit we get a mention about the creed family and that's it that's right and that was pet cemetery any I'm actually glad that we didn't get a sequel about Ellie because I, don't, I think it would have like been it. interesting because it would have been an older Ellie. It was, she would have been a teenager, so it wouldn't have been the same. As long girl. as it was a different, yeah, it wouldn't have been the same girl. Baby. unless they waited a few years, but no, it would have been a different girl. So Ellie was annoying. Any final thoughts, grievances about Pet Cemetery? Um, I don't know if I want to say this. Mm-mm, not you holding back. What have you ever held back? <laughs> because it's like, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I liked it, but it's not like, oh my God, Pet Cemetery. Right. No, I understand. It's just like, I, trust me. I get it's it. kind of, after I watched it, I was like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I think this is one of those movies where if you didn't see it as a kid, especially when it came out, just as a kid in general, I can understand why you don't see it as everyone else seen it. Me personally, I think I'm just a Stephen King fan. So when I watched it, I was just like, okay, I can appreciate it for what it is, but I can also see the many flaws in it as well. Yeah, I can appreciate it for what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just that it's just kind of just like, for me, it's something that I feel like has been overhyped like oh my god pet cemetery oh my god pet cemetery and just like watching it now just kind of just like okay now i don't feel the same way about it as i do blur witch Mm -hmm. but it's still just like desi but i get it Mm -hmm. maybe i might feel differently when i have some children but if my kids die they just they just did i'm not no I was about to say I feel it, but then you said the last part, and I was like, I can't feel it because I just don't know. I mean, I really don't know how I react to that. You know, they always say parents shouldn't bury their kids. I hate. I get that. when I hear that people do have to do that, and I don't want to personally experience it. But you know, I don't know what's written for Same. me. But yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, and we both said this, I will have to see this again when I have kids because I do want to know if it will have a different effect on me and it might y'all know me I'm very impressionable so I mean I'll probably be more sadder but I would still be like no we're not bringing you back mm-hmm. yeah I can, I can be laid out part. on Valium like the mom <laughs> rating Pet Cemetery got a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDB a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes a 3.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd and 83% of Google users, including me, liked this movie. <laughs> John A., what do you rate Pet Cemetery? I gave it a 60. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I gave this movie an 80 because um, I did jump between 80 and 85, but I feel good giving this a solid 80. Because, um, like I said, I do want to see this once I do have children, just see if it does have a different effect. But I like what was done with this. Could more have been done? Yes. But 
for what they had to work with and everything that was going on. I do like the result that we got. And I really do. This is one movie that I do enjoy. So survivors, if you want to let us know how many tickets you would give this one, you know, you can let us know on Twitter. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the souvenir shop because I actually thought of some shit this week. <laughs> Thanks for writing. Before you go, take a detour into the souvenir shop. Okay, so hear me out. And I might have said this before, but it's okay. Because you know we love personalized things. And you know at D180, you can get stuff personalized on the spot. Not for real. Don't be coming to us asking for stuff. This is all a <laughs> game. Like, y'all know we playing. Like, this is not an actual It depends party. on. It depends like, on what it is. You know, some yeah, some stuff we're bringing to you. But some stuff don't like it depends. this. Don't come asking for this. Because, child, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy. But personalized scalpels. I can do this. You can etch. I can. You can hammer. I. I can engrave. I have a cricket, y'all. I can <laughs> engrave shit. It may not be a real scalpel. It may have to be like aluminum or maybe like a thin piece of sheet metal. Mm-hmm. But I can do it. My next souvenir. Okay, you know the creepy Zelda picture with church. I think in our mm-hmm. part we should hire some people. You know how they got caricatures. We yeah. should hire people to do these photos. And put you in a weird ass outfit. <laughs> or we can do like the old timey joint. Yeah. But just make them dress up as what's his mm-hmm. face. Yeah. And get a fake stuffed cat. There you go. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> I think I'm going to say no. I'm about to pull the audio and just let the audio say it. But I'm about to put that in every souvenir shop because that cracks me up. SpongeBob and Patrick are so effing funny. But with that being said, let's go and get into these park announcements. That was a good one. That was real good. (laughs) That was three out of four for our theme, Return of the Sack. Return of the Sack. Return of the Sack. Return of the Sack. You knew that I'd be back. That's right. Make sure you guys (laughs) tune in next week when we in this month with Jennifer's body. We've been talking about, I think we literally have brought the movie up every episode this month and we're finally gonna talk about it. And we're probably not gonna not stop talking about it once we get done, but that's okay. So, you know, you're gonna get your whole little feel next week. We do got a special guest coming up. <laughs> Brittany, it's Brittany bitch. Brittany bitch is bringing her ass to the park for the third time. Y'all know y'all love y'all some Brittany. So make sure y'all with us next week. And we are gonna be revealing them. Damn, we revealing the March theme already. Did February just get up and go like that? Damn. Oh my God! April, didn't 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 I tell you guys? I don't know what episode that was, guys, but I think it was a January or it might have been a December episode. But mark my word, didn't I say April was gonna be knocking down the block like that? I said it, and Johnny was like, "No, it's not. No, it's not." I told you because look at that. That is fucking crazy. So yeah. So next week, if I go missing for weeks, sorry. Well, not. <laughs> I'll still take my microphone. But. <laughs> so next week, y'all, Jennifer's body, new part guy coming up, new theme coming up, and this one, ooh, Johnny's pissed at me about it, but it's okay because it's all fun. No, it's so funny. I was literally just talking to my auntie today on the phone about how much I do not like them. Mm. Well, if you want to know what that is, you just gonna have to tune in next week, y'all. <laughs> 
That was a small hint, kinda vaguely. <laughs> Let me traumatize. Uh, my auntie talking about something that was a good one too because I told her we were watching Pet Cemetery, and then I was telling her about one of the movies we were watching in March and she was like oh that was a good one like, she has taste she's care. a lady of taste I love it well survivors we'll see you next time <laughs> bye y'all we'll see you soon